America. The Sprint Network is now more reliable than ever, and I'm on a mission to prove it's the fastest. I'm traveling the country betting anyone and everyone that Sprint is faster than their network. And Sprint's winning. The Sprint LTE network is now more reliable than ever. Switch today and stop overpaying for wireless. Visit the Sprint store or Sprint.com slash network to learn more. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Speed claim based on analysis of average delivered download speeds using Nielsen and MP data. Savings on select plans. Restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining me again this morning on Next on the T. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I have two-time winner on the PGA Tour, J.L. Lewis, with me, and he's going to be next on the T in just a few moments. Um, we're going to talk to him about his playing career, great website that he has gotten put together, a, a fantastic book of tips that uh, all of us should be carrying around in our bags. So I look forward to talking with JL, like I say, in just a few moments. But before we get started, we want to kick off the show by saluting the brave men and women serving in our military and everyone listening in on the Armed Forces Radio Network. We thank you for your daily sacrifices and keeping the rest of us safe. We also want to thank those of you who, who have served or are currently serving in every branch of the military and public service. We truly appreciate what you do to preserve our freedom and our liberty. It's through your strength and efforts that our way of life is possible. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean, Cruz, and Stephen Lee and all the folks at Armed Forces Radio. It's an honor for us to be a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org and clicking on the sports link that you're going to find in the bottom right-hand side of their homepage or the radio link in the upper right-hand corner. Also, be sure to give those guys a follow on Twitter. You can find them at the AFRN for the Armed Forces Radio Network. And like I say, joining me now is PGA Tour Pro and two-time winner J.L. Lewis. Let me give you some background on J.L. He's from Emporia, Kansas, and started playing golf at the age of seven. He won the Emporia Country Club Championship twice before graduating high school. He he, uh, went to uh, Emporia State University on a golf scholarship, but later transferred to Southwest Texas State. In 1983, his team won the Division II Golf Championship. He finished second overall and earned first-team All-American honors. He was inducted into his high school Hall of Fame in 2001, the Texas State University Hall of Fame in 2002. Qualified for the tour in 1988, was named Player of the Year for the Southwest section of the PGA. He's won twice on the tour, the 1999 John Deere Classic and the 2003-84 Lumber Classic. He also won once uh, internationally at the 99 Honda Invitational in Mexico, and his birthday is next Friday. So, Happy birthday a bit early, J.L., and thank you for joining me this morning. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me on. So, J.L., let's, let's start all the way back at the beginning. Started playing get, uh, golf at the age of seven. Who got you interested at such a young age? Uh, my parents joined the uh, little country club there in Emporia, and we, uh, we just started there. And I never really stopped after that. So, I played all the sports up through high school, but... Right, just kind of stuck, stuck with golf, you know. 
So as you as you mentioned, yeah, you're you were a well-rounded athlete growing up in high school. You lettered in football, basketball, and golf. Yeah. So how did golf ended up be, end up being the one you stuck with versus the other two? Well, I I just realized that I wasn't going to be a professional basketball player, so I had to do I had to stick with golf. But uh, I, I always loved the game, and I I like the fact that you you know it was all about the individual. It wasn't about the team. So. You, you know, if you if you played well, you got rewarded for it, and and uh, I like that part of it. So, and I like to practice. I like to practice a lot too. So, I was is that right? Kind of, yeah, I gravitated towards it. So, that's how I ended usually, up with it. That's usually the side of the game that most guys don't like is having to uh, you know all the practice <laughs> yeah. and, and beating balls and that sort of thing. How come you like it so much? I don't know why. I just I always have been kind of a hard practicer, and even in basketball, I practiced a lot. But I, you know, I I just enjoyed it. I enjoy practicing as much as I enjoy playing, and and so I think that's why I was able to play on the tour for so long because the the practice rounds for me were just as much fun as the as the regular days. So that's awesome. Yeah. So, so it's a good thing. Yeah. So you're you were a prodigy almost right out of the shoot. Now, how did guys at your club react? You know, to you winning the club championship twice at such a young age. <laughs> well, I got started when I was really young, and and uh, you know, my parents would take me up there, and and it was a nine-hole country club, and and uh, all those people they they all kind of raised me, you know, and so I I would play golf with them all day long, and so I was playing sometimes fifty-four holes a day, you know, wow. as a kid and the in the summer, we'd play all day, and then, you know, by the time I was 12, I could probably shoot around 80, and uh, and then I just, as I got older, I started getting a little bit better, and got pretty good at, at high school, you know, I think I got second in the state in high school, or something like that, so, so right. I just kind of, you know, I was pretty athletic, you know, I, I was an all-state basketball player, so it, 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 uh, it I don't want to say it came easy for me, but it didn't. It wasn't. Yeah, don't it, do was, that. it wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't. It wasn't hard for me to be athletic. So I. I, I think that right. really helped me a lot. Yeah. So you started your college career at home there at Emporia State on a golf golf scholarship, but you, you transferred over to Southwest Texas State. What got you doing? You know, go from Emporia to Southwest Texas. Well, I wanted to go somewhere uh, warmer. You know, where we could play more in the in the winter. And, and summer, and I knew I was probably going to turn pro. And I, I knew once I, I turned professional, I was going to need a place to live where I could practice. You know, and I moved to Austin, and, and uh, we had, I had a girlfriend. I ended up getting married and and uh, finished college down there. And, and we're still married. We have two kids and two grandkids now. So wow. So that that all worked out good. And and we. Uh, say. We've had a pretty good life, but uh, I enjoy Austin. The Austin area is really—I don't know if you've ever been here, but it's really grown and it's—it's really—it's really become kind of a mecca for golf. There's a lot of great golfers that live here. There's a lot of great golf courses here, and in the winter time, you know, you can play pretty much pretty much all the time. You get a few bad days, but not very many. And right. so it's uh, it's a it's a good place, and you know I like I say I just I had to work on my game, so this was the place to do it. So that's why I made the move, and I, you know I I kind of miss Kansas every once in a while, but not really in the winter at all. 
<laughs> so, you know, I bet not. I, I, no, I go back in the summer, but I don't. I don't really go back there in the winter. It's two foot of snow and ice, you know, everywhere. So, down here it's about seventy-five all winter. So, I like that better. I bet you do. Yeah. So, you you qualified for the tour in '88. Talk about the process and and how you were able to go about making you well, know making your way for, finally out there. Well, you know. My wife and I got married when we were, uh, I was 22. It was 19 and 80. We got married in 82. And we, uh, uh, so we uh, started a family in 84. And I, that's about the same time I got out of college. And so I worked in a golf shop from 84 to 89. And uh, in 89, I was working at Las Vegas Country Club and I got a sponsor and I went out and qualified for the tour. And so I, I, I quit my job and, and uh, started traveling and uh, didn't do very well the first year, but I uh, ended up playing a year, got some experience, and then kept kind of kept going. And I, I had some other jobs in uh, the next few years. I was a head pro at a club for three years, and I was an assistant at another club for a year. And then in 95, I got my card again, and I pretty much kept my card from then on, I lost it in 95, but I got my nationwide card in 90, 97, I think it was. And then I, from then on, I've, I've had a tour card. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of how it went. You know, I had to keep working at it. We didn't, we didn't have a lot of money or anything. So it, it was all about, uh, it was all about perseverance for me. So, I mean, clearly, you know, Jail, you had the talent. I mean, you know, right right off the bat, I mean, you're Southwest Player of the Year, right, in 88, 89? Yeah, well, that was in the in the club pro ranks, you know. I, I was doing really well in all that stuff. and I won the Southern Texas section a couple times and, and won a bunch of local stuff around here, uh, second in the state open and things like that. But uh, I'd never really done anything on the national level. So after I got going, I, I – uh, I started getting a little bit better, and, and uh, hey, Carol. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it it it, uh, it all kind of came together when I was about 35 years old, I guess. I've been out there a while, and I kind of got used to it, and mm-hmm. kept grinding away, kept grinding away until I could until I could get the job done. So. so yeah, to to your point, you know, from from 88 to 99, you're out there on tour before you broke through and got your first win. Was was it enjoyable just being out on tour playing, or what does it become a grind at some point? Well, it's it's fun, it, you know, if if you're making cuts and making money and 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 getting to play on the weekends, it's really fun. But when you miss the cut, it's really not fun. I mean, you you've, you've traveled and you, I mean, you, you know, you get to see new places. And I've, you know, I've played every golf course on the tour about 25 different times. You know, so years, 20 years. Right. So. Um, so I've played them all a lot, so it's not like, you know, after you've made the trips a few times, you 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 there's there's places I like being at the places, but I don't really like getting to them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. you know, the planes and the everything that that guy, that gets right. kind of old after a while. But the you know places like Pebble Beach, I mean, you know, it's uh, I can take you to any any major city that we ever went to now, and I I know all the streets and I know all the restaurants and. So I could, you know, I could be a tour guide. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, that's that's what <laughs> yeah. the tour teaches you. You go to all those cities right. twenty weeks, twenty weeks out of your life in New York, you know, and 
20 weeks in Chicago, and, or yeah, 20 weeks in LA, Pebble Beach 24 times. So, wow. So when you have that kind of experience at those locations, you know, you get to you, you meet all these neat people around the country and, and different places. So I've got friends. We have friends all over the place, you know, that we kind of stay in contact with on as much as we can. And I haven't been in contact with them the last year or so because I've been home. But, uh, you know, if we ever go to those towns, I look them up. And right. uh, it, that's kind of a neat deal, too. You know, you, you, you really, uh, I guess you get uh, cultured or socialized or whatever you want to call it because you, you meet all these different people in uh, different places, you know. Every place is a little different. And uh, that's 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 kind of cool. So I'm yeah. glad that I got to experience that. My kids got to experience that. My wife homeschooled our kids, and, and uh, for about the last, uh, I don't know, 10 years I was out there, they traveled, we all traveled together, so they got to go to all those places, and they've been to every, you know, museum and and park and places that you can, that you can think of in the United States, so. So that that was that's cool, great. You know? Yeah, yeah. My kids, my kids have been all over, and and they they both decided they wanted to live in Austin. So I was happy about that. You know. There you go. So the grand, yeah. So the grandkids are around us, and and that that's pretty fun. So they've been I everywhere. Bet. So they know what they know what's out there in the world. They don't have to go and 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 see what California is like. You know, they've been there. Right. Yeah. Bunch. So so that's that's kind of a neat part of it. But uh, I enjoy the competition. I enjoy the friends I made and I enjoyed I enjoyed the fact that I was able to do something that I really loved you know for a living so that's that's a big thing a lot of people don't get to do that so yeah, you're exactly right yeah yeah so Jay, last week I had uh, Bobby Bobby Clampin on with me and he said after yeah. a few years of not winning he had a lot of people in his ear you know trying to change his swings he had different coaches and they changed the swing to this and changed the swing to that and, yeah, you know, yeah. through the course of all that, he completely lost himself. Did did you have people right. during that, you know, 88 to 99 spread people, you know, in your people in your ear trying to change what you were doing? Well, early early in my career I did. You know, I took lessons from everybody. I had lessons from Ledbetter and Hank Haney and uh, Dick Harmon and Bob Toski, all different people. And, and uh, I finally settled in with a guy named Bill Moretti down here at the Academy of Golf, and I Pretty much, I've stuck with him the whole time since '95 on, and uh, you know he's kind of he's kind of molded my whole career as far as how I how I approach, especially how I approach teaching the game because now I'm given about I don't know I, I guess somewhere between 50 and 100 lessons a month you know at the club where I work, so I do a lot of teaching and, and he's really he was he was the Academy of Golf Dynamics guy. Uh, for years, he owned a school there, and and uh, so he he's been kind of my main guy for about the last 20 years. So I'd have to, I have to give him credit for kind of right. getting me straightened out, and 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 you know he didn't really change me a lot. He just kind of perfected what I had, and and uh, I never tried to change my swing after that. That's the thing I'm probably most proud of is you know I just kept sticking with the same thing. I I thought I had good mechanics, and and. Uh, we worked on mechanics, and uh, basically that's that's all there was to it. And and uh, you know, thinking positive and good mechanics, and, and I I was always a pretty good ball striker. So I never really changed my swing. I was I was glad that I was uh, smart enough to not try to do that. I mean, it's a 
Right. It's really easy. It's really easy to get sucked into it. I mean, and it seems like the right thing to do. And everybody, everybody's always looking to be, you know, better than what they are. I mean, that's just a natural thing. I mean, everybody wants that. But, you know, sometimes good is good enough. And you have to just kind of be satisfied with that. And, and trying to make good into great sometimes, you can screw it up. I mean, you know, there's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. what Moretti tells me all the time about teaching golf. He says that he, he doesn't like teaching tour players because he goes, they they come in and they have an almost perfect swing. And, and he said he never uses a camera with a tour player because if you show it to them on camera, they're going to try to make it even more perfect. It's already great, you know. So, right. He, he said they'll screw themselves up for six months trying to trying to make one little move in their swing that that that's not going to help them any. So he said, and he never uses a camera. And he said as much it's harder to teach really good players than it is to teach like a 15 handicapper. You know, you can you can really help a guy like that pretty fast right. and, and improve improve him a lot. You know, he can go from 15 to eight or something like that. And it's much easier to do that than take a four handicapper and turn him into a plus two or something. So um, I've learned a lot from already. I I owe him a lot. I mean, he's really helped me over the years. But uh, he's the one that he helped me out with that book, too. I wrote the book, and and, uh, he checked all the tips and everything. And, you know, um, that book is very good. It's very self-explanatory, easy to read, you know, uh, simple stuff that, that, uh, you know, you got to keep it simple for people. You know, they just... If you make it too complex, you know, they just, they go past something they don't understand. And once you go past something you don't understand, you just kind of shut your brain off and you, you stop learning. So, so that's how I yeah, that makes approach sense. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's just like being in a class, you know, and, and the teacher starts talking. And if you don't understand everything that's being said, I mean, you know, from that point on, you're just kind of sitting there going, wait a minute, you know, what about this? I still don't understand this over here. So right. It's it's uh it seems kind of elementary but uh I've really had a lot of success teaching people that way. So I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So Jail this week they're playing the the John Deere Classic up at the TPC at Deer Run up in Illinois, the event where you got your first win. I believe the the year you won, I think actually was the first ever John Deere Classic. Right. Uh, yeah, that so, was the first time they had the tournament there. Oh, well, for that was the last time they had it at Oak. Oak uh, I can't remember the the. Uh, it was the first Pete Dye golf course ever built, and then the next year they went and built a new golf course called uh, Deer Run. Right. Uh, I won on the I won the last year on the old course, um, and uh, it's it's kind of a neat little country golf course with push up greens and. You know, um, it, it's not as easy as you would think it would be. But uh, anyway, that was fun. I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. I was, it was at a time where I needed to win. I was, I was like 150th or 60th on the money list, and I'd done okay a couple of times. But uh, you know, I got up in there and and uh, started hitting the ball really well, and and uh, played really good yeah. that week. And then, and then the next week, I played good at the PGA, and and then after that, I. I had a, you know, I think I had 40 top tens or something like that over the course of my career. So I had a lot of good weeks. I had weeks that, you know, I should have won San Diego. I had that. I was one stroke up with one hole to go and lost that tournament. And then I was John Deere. I was, you know, I had the lead going to 17, knocked it over the green, made bogey, lost that tournament. So you remember the ones that you 
probably should have won. And then, you know, a couple of times I kind of got a couple of breaks and won. I mean, it's uh, you have to be a little bit lucky. People don't realize that luck is a big part of that. I mean, it, but if you take enough shots at it sooner or later, you know, you're going <laughs> to... Law of averages? are going to catch up with you. And, you, you know, if you're close, you're going to get in there. And, and, you know, you see it every week on the tour if you watch the tournaments. I mean, some guy playing like crazy, you know, and he gets up in there and he's got a chance to win. And once in a while he does it, and more often than not he doesn't do it. I mean, that's what people people don't realize. You know, you, uh, unless you're a superstar talent like a Tiger Woods or a Mickelson or somebody like that who who can close the deal pretty much consistently, there's not very many people who've been able to do that. Most of them right. win a few win a few times, but they lose a lot more than they win because the talent level is so high. And you can't really make mistakes, and you have to be lucky too. So there's a lot of factors involved in that. So when you, when you won that John Deere jail, you know you, you you had an opening round 66 followed by three 65s. So yeah. you know to the layman, you might look at that and go, "Wow, that was that was an easy course." But when you think about Not it, really. it's a it's a it's a different type of to me it's a different type of pressure you know U.S. Open pressure is you know you're you're striving hoping to you know for, for nine times out of ten shoot even par you figure even par is going to win that thing but when you're in a yeah. tournament and guys are firing sixty twos and sixty threes right. at you you got to yeah. keep making birdies right yeah yeah we were talking about that the other day you know that uh, my game would be more suited for a U.S. Open because I'm usually pretty accurate and. And I'm, you know, I'm not the greatest putter in the world. I, I'm streaky, but I'm, you know, I'm an okay putter. I'm not a great putter though. But, uh, but I usually ball striking was my strength. And you know, you wouldn't think that I would have won tournaments where you're shooting 22 under par. But those right. particular weeks, you know, I just seemed to make several more putts, and I, and I, and I, you know, the ball striking was really good. But um, it's, uh, I, I would have thought I would have won like at the, at Hilton Head or. Or, uh, you know, I got close to Memorial a couple of times. That's a ball striker's golf course. Uh, Colonial, places like that. But I, I never did. I, I got some top tens in those places, but I never did win there. But that, those those courses are more suited to my game. Uh, but, uh, you know, it just the way it turned out, I, I got hot at the right time. And, and uh, you know, like I said, I'm a streaky putter. I can go out and have 35 putts one day and then have 22 putts the next day. So, you know, it's thank God. I every once in a while I get hot, but yeah. uh, some guys just have 28 every day. You know, that wasn't me. I mean, I, I either made them all or I didn't make any of them. But on the tour, <laughs> it's better. It's better to be like that than it is to you know have 30 putts every day and finish 40th all the time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, at least you can get hot every once in a while and you can actually get in there and do some good. So, uh, right. You, yeah, it's all about birdies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, in that yeah. in that event, talk talk about now you you had to make a birdie putt on 18 just to force a playoff, and then it was a five yeah. hole playoff, and one of those was right. 16. You had to hole out from a bunker to extend the playoff. Talk yeah. about the pressure of standing over a putt first on 18 just to make the playoff. Yeah, well, when I first hit it up there, I thought the guy had birdied the hole in front of me, so I didn't even know that I was going to be. Until I got on the green, I didn't even know the situation. And then they said, well, if you knock this in, you're going to be in a playoff. And so it was like it was a two-footer, and I knocked it in there. And then and then we got we got going in the playoff, and the, uh, 
he was playing very good too. Mike Brisky, he was making putts, and, and every time he'd make one, I'd make one, or the other way around, and then I'd hold the bunker shot, and he'd made another putt. It was pretty crazy that uh, Byron Nelson told me it was the best playoff he'd ever seen. So nice. I was pretty, I was pretty proud of that, you know. But uh, I bet. Yeah, you know, and then after that, you know, it kind of gave me a little confidence that, you know, I really was capable of doing it. And, and uh, I had some other opportunities. I, you know, I I had opportunities in majors. I mean, if I'd have played good the first round of the British Open in 04, I, I would have had a chance to win that. I shot 77th and finished 21st. You know, I played good the last three days. But, uh, you know, it just, uh, I think I always knew that I had enough of physical ability to do it, but, until you really do something, you don't really know, you know, yeah. if you're ca- right. capable of it or, or not, really. I mean, you can say you are. You could say, you know, I should have or I could have or would have or whatever. But until it actually happens, I don't think anybody truly believes it. I mean, it's uh, it's easy to imagine it, but it's hard to believe it. And so I, I was fortunate that I got to go ahead and win. And then I understood that, hey, you know what? you can do this and you can probably do it a lot more times, but, uh, I only did it a couple more times, but Hey, it was okay. I had a yeah, nice absolutely. career. And, you know, I had a nice career and I got to, I got to do some things that a lot of people dream about. So I'm very fortunate right. that way. Absolutely. Yep. At the conclusion of that, you know, of that tournament jail and they're, and they're handing you even a ceremonial check for $360,000. What's racing through your head? Well, the first thing I thought when I was over the putt to win was, you know, I'm going to get in the Masters, and then I made the putt, and then they said, no, they changed the rule this year because first-time winners don't get in the Masters. So I didn't get in the Masters, so I was kind of upset about that. But uh, I bet. That was, yeah, I, I, that was kind of like, you know, the highlight of it all. But I did get in some of the other stuff. But uh, And winning does a lot for you as far as exemptions and <laughs> You know, you get to play in the tournament, you win for 10 years, and then you get uh, – plus, you know, once they put PGA Tour winner by your name, it changes yeah. your life. It changes your life forever as far as what people's perception of you is. And so, you know, you're not just a, another guy walking around that's a golf pro. And so it, it, really, help, it really helps in all, the, all, those, all those ways. But uh, anyway, I, I – uh, I'm really glad that it happened. No, no so, doubt. It, it was a blessing for sure. A couple of years later, 1994, you're a member of the PGA <laughs> Cup team, which is like a Ryder Cup team for members of the Professional Golfers Association of America. Right. You guys right. play a team yeah. from Europe. The U.S. won. They won because you made a 50-foot birdie putt on the last hole, sort of a la Justin Leonard in the 99 Ryder Cup. How big a throw was that for you? You know what? That might have been one of the top two or three things that's ever happened to me in golf. I'd say it's way up there because, you know, you you spend the whole week with the, with a team there and, and you're, you've are got a common goal in mind and you get to know these guys from all around the country and, and, uh, and it comes down to one putt and one match. After all the matches are done, that's kind of cool. And right. so I was fortunate enough to knock that thing in, and and uh, and we uh, we won the we won the cup. So I was excited about that. But uh, that, that's one of the <laughs> top two or th- one of the top two or three experiences probably in golf that I've ever had. I mean, you know, I, it's uh, it's on my wall in my office. It's a big plaque. Yeah, I was just going to say, do you got a picture of that putt going in in your reaction? 
Now I don't have the putt, but I have a picture of the team and of the plaque, and then there's a there's an article about it, and so it's a it's a pretty pretty cool thing. People come in there and they read it and they go, "Wow, that's that's pretty cool." That's, yeah, I bet top top ten club pros in the United States against the top ten in Europe, and uh, we won on the last hole and kept the cup kept the cup here in the United States for two years. So that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Is. So going into the 2003-84 Lumber Classic, that was your second win. You were coming off a runner-up finish the week before, so you're playing well. You talk about being streaky, right? You entered the final round in 17th place, and you go out and shoot 62, and, and you hold out in that tournament to get to get a win. Talk about that. Um, well, the, the last round was 36 holes, and so uh, – you know, we started off, and I wasn't playing all that great, and then I started making birdies, and it just kind of all came together, and I shot 31 on the front and 31 on the back and ended up winning by two. So right, it was really, really lucky. <laughs> yeah. You can't get that lucky. You can't get lucky to shoot 62. Yeah, well, I hit a lot of good shots and made putts, you know, and I hold out a wedge shot. and Right. You know, things happened, and, and it just all kind of came together. Everything lined up, so. Anyway, that was fun. It's always I bet fun that was. Me. Yeah. My, you've got a picture on your site uh, of you and your caddy walking up the 13th hole at Augusta National. You mentioned the Masters. You know, Augusta yeah. National Jail is my favorite place on the planet. If God said he would pick me up and put me anywhere on the planet I'd like, I'd say Augusta National, please. Yeah. What was it like when you finally did get your first invitation and the opportunity to drive up Magnolia Lane and play uh, play a Masters? Hey, it was really nice. I mean, it's a very private sort of place. A very private place, and, and uh, you know, it's hard. It's exclusive as heck. You can't get in there, even hardly to play a practice round at the water. Right. So, so anyway, yeah. <clears throat> but it's a, it's a great place. The back nine at Augusta is probably my favorite nine holes in golf. I mean, so... Anyway, I was happy to, to be there and, and uh, get to play, and I missed the cut by one, so that was kind of frustrating. I four-putted the second hole, and, oh. uh, and that hurt me. So I, anyway, it, it, it's a place where, you know, experience is a big deal there. You, you, if you've played the course a lot of times, I think it's a pretty, pretty big advantage. Uh, right. Uh, you know, the greens are all tricked up, and, and they uh, a lot of slope from front to back, and, and – uh, or back to front, and, and you know if you, if you if you hit it in the wrong place there, you just you just almost can't make a score. So it took me right. a, couple of, a few days to kind of figure that out. I mean, you know, you, you hit it what you thought was a good shot, and you'd have a twenty foot putt that you couldn't even get close. So you know, you had to you had to just make sure that you hit it on one side of the hole or the other, or you got no chance. Right. So yeah. Having been out on tour for so many years and played so many places, you know, over and over again, if you could play any course on the planet, where would it be? Well, I'd have to say Cypress Point. Uh, you know, it's probably my favorite of all of them. Good. But, uh, you know, Augusta's really nice. Uh, Pine Valley, New Jersey, very nice. Memorial's my favorite tournament on the tour. I mean, if I had to pick a golf course I like, I know that's a great golf course. And so why uh, is that? Why is that your favorite tournament? 
Well, it's just, you know, it's a smaller field, and, and it's, uh, you know, they take such good care of the place. I mean, it's uh, it's manicured like no other. It's manicured like Augusta. Right. And and so it's just, you know, it's just a fantastic deal. I mean, you know, they the golf course is just so perfect that you, you know, never get a bad lie if you hit a good shot. And I like that. I like being, uh, being rewarded for good shots, and you really get rewarded there if you hit a good shot, so... Those are the kind of places that I like. All right. So yeah. just a couple before we before we let you go, JL. First, um, talk about your site. You've got you've got a book on there, the Pocket Pro, fantastic, right. and you know so many tips and that sort of thing. Tell tell our listeners, you know, a about your site and b about the Pocket Pro book. Yeah. Well, the website, my wife and and my daughter kind of put that together, and they did a really good job uh, with it, and uh, that kind of went along with the book. You know, and so we just kind of did them all together. I had these tips written down, and and so we kind of went through the tips and narrowed them down to like 130, and and uh, got pictures in there, and and you know we we've spent a lot of time and a lot of money on it, but it's it's been it's been a good thing to have because you can send people to it, and it's a good tool, and uh, you know, and I'm glad that we did it. And there's a lot of articles and stuff on there that 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 are kind of neat. So if you're interested right. in golf and, you, you know, you want to know about different stuff, you can go on there and find some good information. All right. So tell, that, tell you know, our listeners, you know, what the what the address is of your site and uh, also how they can follow you on social media as well. It's uh, jllewisgolftips.com. Uh, and uh, and then it's also, uh, uh, yeah, that's it. That's the site. So. Okay. You can you can find the book and everything on there. It's it's, it's uh, jllewisgolftips.com. So, and you're out there on sure. Twitter as well, right? Uh, well, my daughter answers the, all the requests and stuff, but uh, you know ah. I see some of. She mostly does that, but uh, yeah, I don't really have time for that. I'm I'm pretty busy. I've got a job, and I'm at the club about sixty or seventy hours a week, and I, you know I'm teaching golf lessons. all you know, running tournaments. I mean, I'm I'm just a regular golf pro now. I don't I don't really uh, I don't get to play much. I'm playing in a little deal this weekend, but you know it's just kind of a fun thing. It's not really a com- competitive. It's it's competition, but it's not. There's no money or anything. We're just playing. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. So, who do you like this? Who yeah. do you like next week at the British? You know what? Um, uh, probably Justin Rose. Or very um, well. yeah, he's good. And then there's a there's a couple of Adam Scott. Adam Scott's probably got the best swing of all of them. And uh, Rose is very good. Scott's good. Um, I don't know about Woods. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how healthy he is. If he's if he's really healthy and and he plays good, he could win there. But uh, he he will win again. But it will. It, you know, I don't know if it's going to be this year. I mean, those right. back surgeries. You know that takes a lot, lot longer to heal than people think. No, no so, doubt. Yeah, he's not healed up yet for sure. I mean, you know, he he might think he's healed up, but you don't really get your strength and everything back for a while. So, anyway, but he will win again. I don't know if he'll beat right. Jack's record, but he'll win again. All right. Yeah. Well, JL, right. thank you so much for uh, okay. for taking time out of your morning to join me. You're you're a fantastic you guest. I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime. I'd love to hear. 
more of your stories, maybe get your insights to what's going on around the tour. But uh, thank you for being yeah. here this morning, and uh, I can't thank yeah, you enough for for, uh, for, for uh, getting up early. Thanks for having me, okay? Appreciate it. All right, Jay. Take Bye. care. Best of luck to you, to you and your family. See ya. Good night. Good day. J.L. Lewis, everybody, jllewisgolftips.com, and you can follow him online at J.L. Lewis Golf as well uh, on Twitter. All right, everybody, it's time to put a, a bow on this one. My sincere thanks to J.L. for uh, being a wonderful guest and for you for tuning in. I appreciate you the very most. Please also check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host Bob Lazari and our announcer Joe Lajanusa. You can hear us right here on Armed Forces Radio as well as Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and radio sites across the Internet just like you can here next on the T. Our Thursday night show airs live from uh, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch us here on Saturday mornings uh, starting at 9 a.m. as well. So until next week, hit him straight, my friends. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you can save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Adding the choice of a crispy chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing. I got me out and I sound like a robot. But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken BLT. From Detroit to Macon, I keep it crisp like bacon. Both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks. Oh, yeah. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii.